0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Entering the sanctuary, thank you Lord for coming and meeting with us. Lord, quiet our hearts as we come and we look at your scripture as we prepare to sit around the table, prepare our hearts. We prepare to hear your word and sing your praises, Lord. We're excited to be in your house this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Scripture is out of Luke chapter 24, 13 through 35. Now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you are walking along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? And do you not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is on the third day and since this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but did not find his body. They came and told us what they had seen. They had seen a vision of angels who had said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said. But him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. May God add his blessing to the reading this morning as we prepare to sit around the table. Good morning.
1: Glenn Campbell sings the song, Country Road, Take Me Home to the Place I Belong. In Glenn Campbell's song, it's West Virginia. But in the scripture we read this morning, these two disciples were singing that same song, Country Road, Take Me Home to the Place I Belong, and in their case, it was what? Emmaus, because Emmaus was the town where they belonged. That was their hometown, and they wanted to go back to their hometown because they'd faced all kinds of disaster in the last few days of their life. They'd seen the ones that they'd loved and followed for years, Jesus, be crucified. And now all of a sudden, that morning early, there were all kinds of confusing reports about somebody said they saw some angels, and somebody else said he was alive, and they didn't know what to think, so what did they do? They took the country road and went home to the place where they belonged. Taking a country road home to the place where we belong helps us sometimes, because we feel comfortable there. But along those roads, along the way to our home, to the place where we feel comfortable, there might be several roads that we need to take. Several country roads that kind of fork off from one another. So this morning I want to share with you just briefly about some of those country roads that you might take on your road home to the place where you belong. And hopefully all of us realize the place we belong is to belong to Jesus and to allow Jesus to belong to us, as the song says. So the first road you might take down that country road would be an unknown road, a road uh, where you may be lost, for example. You may not know for sure where you're going, or you may just choose some country road and take a walk. You just don't know where for sure you're headed, and it really doesn't matter because you feel so downhearted and discouraged and fearful like these disciples of Jesus did that first resurrection morning. So there's an unknown road lying ahead of you. That unknown road uh, could be applied spiritually to our lives as well. We sometimes choose to take an unknown road spiritually. Sometimes we choose the lost road spiritually. We don't want to have anything to do with God. We're mad at God. We're angry with God. Maybe the disciples felt that way that morning. They were bewildered and, and doubted their faith. They wondered, what in the world have we done? Wasted three years of our life following this guy, and now he's dead. And so they were choosing, perhaps, to take this unknown and lost road. Or perhaps they didn't know any better. Perhaps, uh, like many people today, spiritually they are just ignorant, and their lostness, their lack of destination never occurs to them. There are lots of people in the world. That's the reason we do missions as Christians. We feel there are many people who are good people, perhaps, but they just are unaware of their condition, their lostness, their separation, from God. Hopefully those people with our help, our mission, and so on, our witness and our community will find the right road. They will get off that lost road, that unknown road. They will find someone like Jesus who will open the scriptures to them and enlighten their minds so they can find the right way to go. Jesus found those two lost disciples on the road to Emmaus and he helped them to turn onto the next road which I would call the question and answer road and Jesus asked the first question what are you talking about as you're walking along the road they looked really serious about something and so Jesus inquired of course he already knew what they were talking about but he introduced with a question what are you talking about as you walk along this lost and and destinationless road on which you are traveling Sincere questions, seeking answers are always acceptable to God. No matter how angry you are, no matter how frustrated you are, no matter how doubtful and uncertain you are, God is open to our questions. God's greater than all of our questions. He's not afraid of any questions that you or I might have. And so in our despair or bitterness or anger, God's not offended by what we might have to say as long as we're looking for the facts. If we're looking to uh, understand spiritually our relationship to God through Jesus Christ, and he's open to those questions, and we should never be afraid to ask questions as brothers and sisters in the Lord, and never be afraid to receive questions from those around us who are seeking direction in their spiritual life. We need to be sure, though, that we get the right facts, the right answers to our questions, and those facts are not just somebody's opinion about God, or somebody's thoughts about God, or somebody's philosophies about God, but those facts are found in God's Word. And we know that the Scripture is given for that reason, that we can find God and find His Son through Jesus Christ in the Scriptures, through the power of the Holy Spirit within us. So Jesus helped them down the question and answer road. And then there came another fork in the road. And that fork in the road led to the instruction road. And Jesus began with instructing them along that road. And what a beautiful thing it wouldn't have been. Can you imagine walking down the road with Jesus, the one who is also the creator of the universe, because all things were made by him, and apart from him was nothing made that was made? So here's the creator of the universe walking down the road with you, explaining to you what the scriptures mean and the, ra- the way, the road to salvation. Now there are many roadblocks on this instruction road. For me, the roadblock bro- is often pride. I think I know everything. You know, I'm, I'm smart. You know, I don't need anybody's help. So, you know, I let pride sometimes get in the way of people instructing me. Sometimes it's... Uh, it's uh, Unbelief. I just can't wrap my head around something. You know, people like that. They just refuse to believe no matter what the facts are. You know, don't bother me with the facts. I've already made up my mind. Those kinds of people. Perhaps you've been there sometimes. Other roadblocks on the road to instruction might include misunderstanding or misplaced hopes in something other than the true and living God. And so even in the midst of what seems like tragedy and failure, these two disciples were open to listen to what this stranger on the road to Emmaus had to say to them about the Scripture. And when you think about it, it's kind of funny. I mean, these two guys, they'd had their friends, the other disciples had come to them and said, you know, the tomb's empty. We've seen some angels. The angel says he's risen. And uh, someone else came back and said, yes, I saw him. He's alive. They refused to believe these people they knew, but here they were walking down this road of instruction, and they're ready to listen to this stranger, Jesus. And fortunately, that was good for them, because they learned an awful lot on that road to instruction. Sometimes we have to be corrected on the road to instruction. Sometimes we have to be dealt with, maybe harshly sometimes, because uh, we have some wrong ideas and some wrong thoughts. And so that's what Jesus was doing here in verse 25. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Amazing, isn't it? Jesus confronted them, How foolish you are. And then he began to open the scriptures for them. Patience is needed whenever we talk to people about Jesus. Jesus was patient with these two fellows. They were kind of dull. Maybe they weren't fellows. Maybe it was a man and wife. Some people think it was. Whoever they were, Jesus was patient with them. We talked about that last week. We have to be patient when we explain to people the scriptures. We have to be patient with, with people when they seem to just ignore us whenever we're talking about what Jesus has done for us. Patience is a key quality in opening people's eyes to the spiritual truth about Jesus. It will be the Holy Spirit, though, in the end that convicts and convinces people. In John chapter 16, and verse 8, it says, The Holy Spirit convicts people of their sin, of their need for righteousness, and their need to avoid the coming judgment. So it's not you and I, after all. It's not our eloquence or our good stories that will bring someone to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit working within those people's lives. And then once we have gone on the instruction road with Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit convincing and convicting us, once we've gone along that road for a while, there comes a fork in the road again. This fork in the road leads to the faith road. The faith road is the one that's most important. That's the road in which we have to invite Jesus to stay with us. That's what the disciples did here in verse 28. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over, so he went in to stay with them. They invited Jesus to stay with them. That's where we have to be if we're going to be on the faith road. We have to invite Jesus to stay with us. That's just not on Sunday morning when we come to church and sing some songs, or that's just not in the times when we might have prayer before a meal and we invite Jesus Uh, to to, to be present with us as we eat or whatever, our bedtime prayers. Rather, we have to live our life with a constant invitation to invite Jesus to be part of every part of our lives, at home and at work, school, or wherever we might be in the community or the world, for that matter. It was common for people at that time to invite people to come in and stay with them. They didn't have the holiday inns and all the fancy places we have to stay. People were much more communal in their relationships. They shared meals together uh, when they went someplace. And so here it was that Jesus was invited to stay with these two disciples and to break bread with them. And in the process of breaking that bread, their eyes were open and they took the step of faith. They took that first walk on the faith road. The faith road's the most beautiful of all roads. It's a well-kept road. It's a road that's paved with prayer. It's maintained by the reading of Scripture and even the memorization of Scripture. It's uh, it's a road in which we uh, have to constantly keep in touch with the one that we've invited to walk along with us, Jesus. Whether we be in worship or in Bible study or in prayer time alone or with other Christians, we have to have all of those things, prayer and scripture and fellowship with other Christians in order to stay on the faith road. Because the thing about the faith road, there's, there's sometimes fog on the road. <laughs> and uh, if things get foggy, you can lose your way pretty fast, can't you? The other day it was snowing so hard here that if I had to walk to the church, I wouldn't have known which direction to even go on. You know, we're going to have to put a rope between the parsonage and the church so, you know, I can follow my way to the to the church. You know, hopefully spring will come and we won't need that. But, But just like, you know, it's hard to see your way in a snowstorm or hard to see your way in a fog, so it is hard to see your road, the way down Faith Road, sometimes it gets foggy. And when we run into that kind of fog, those questions and so on, then we can... Take another detour, for example, for a moment on that question and answer road. We can ask Jesus, help me out here, it's foggy. Or we can take a detour down the instruction road and say, Holy Spirit, inspire me and direct me, help me so I'll know which way to go on this faith road. We sometimes get back onto these other roads just briefly so that they in turn then can lead us back onto the faith road. And then finally, the last road, is the road of service. Now, the road of service is a little bit different than the other roads, and that is it turns our faith road into an interstate highway. You know what an interstate highway or a four-lane road is? You're you're going down this lane, and there are people rushing by you a hundred mile an hour in that lane. (laughs) At least it seems like it sometimes. So we're going down the faith road, and then the service road comes right alongside. And we can get on that service road, you know, and we can... uh, and we can get to our destination on the service road, and sometimes even a little faster on that road than we can on the faith road. Who knows for sure? But anyhow, it takes those two roads working together to become the truly mature disciple of Jesus that we want to be. So the service road is the second lane of the faith road, making it into a four-lane or or if you're in Atlanta, Georgia, it's about six lanes all going the same way when we visited our son, and I felt like I was going to get run over. And fortunately, you know, we had that fifth-wheel trailer behind us, so I thought if anybody hits us, they're going to hit it first at least. So <laughs> but anyhow, here we were. We were going down the faith road, and we're, we're paralleling with it the service road. Now the disciples left their home in Emmaus, and they returned to tell the other disciples back in Jerusalem that they had met Jesus. They were excited to get back there. And in those last verses that we read this morning, it says there they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then they began, that was what the disciples told these two, and those two then in, in return said, Yes, we've seen Jesus, and we walked with him down the road to Emmaus, and he appeared to us in the breaking of bread. They were excited to tell. They were on the service road, those two disciples. See, they were serving their fellow believers by witnessing to them about what Jesus had done. Service is just not going out with a pick or a shovel and digging a foundation for somebody who needs a house. That's service, certainly. But service can also be sharing a witness, a testimony about what Jesus has done. And that's what these disciples were doing with the other 12 disciples. And the other disciples then. Uh, in response said, yes, Simon saw him and Mary Magdalene saw him and the two women who went to the tomb saw him and there were angels and they just shared together all the exciting news that happened that Resurrection Sunday. If we don't have a personal encounter with Jesus on the faith road, then we're never going to have anything to share with others. But if we have a personal encounter on the faith road with Jesus then we can share, and our sharing, our witness, will encourage others in their faith. And their faith uh, will encourage us in our service. And so service and faith road are combined together. Service encourages faith, faith encourages service, and it goes round and round and round as it goes. Your responsibility is to encourage me. My responsibility as a Christian is to encourage you. And when things are difficult for you, I can do a little more encouraging. And things were different, difficult for me, then you can do a little more encouraging to me. That's our responsibility as a fellow believers. And of course, we have other responsibilities to those who are not yet Christians to witness to them so that they can join us on the faith and the service road. So, the question this morning, as we conclude, then, is. Have you followed the road to discovery? Have you followed these roads? Are you on an unknown road, a lost road perhaps, and you need to find your way? Are you serving Jesus uh, on the faith road? If you are, are you keeping that faith alive by studying Scripture and praying and and sharing and worship in a regular time? Is there something keeping you from the road to discovery? Perhaps there's some fog on that road. Perhaps there's something else on that road. Pride or unbelief or something that's keeping you from the road. The road to Emmaus was an exciting road for those two disciples that Resurrection Sunday. The road, the country roads that we take today can be exciting roads because we know whatever road we're on, it's the faith road. It's the service road if we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. I hope that you found that peace, that joy that comes with knowing Jesus. And if you haven't, today's a good day. Today's a day to walk down the country road, just as those two disciples did long ago, and to look for the road of faith, and to invite, through God's Spirit working in your life, Jesus, to be your Lord and Savior. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we're thankful today for your presence with us as we have journeyed with these two disciples down the road to discovery to discover our faith and the works of service that you have for us. We pray today, Lord, that if there's one here that doesn't know Jesus, that's perhaps on the lost road or the unknown road, that they would find the road with Jesus, that they would be open to instruction, and they would have their questions answered as best as possible so they can find the road to faith. And we pray that that would be... Uh, something that would really change their life, and that the encouragement from fellow believers here
0: would help them along the way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.